Hello and welcome to another episode of Early Childhood Perspectives. It's great to have you on board. I am a early childhood teacher, a assistant director and a preschool room leader. I've been doing this for about seven years now and fortnightly we hit up a different topic that we feel is kind of overlooked and not really examined. Apologize for the delay. Um, I won't do that again. I want to keep to that fortnightly structure. And basically, because I missed one uh, last fortnight, this is my rationale for releasing two. Guys, off the bat, I just want to say um, I was really just complexed and impressed by the questions that were thrown on the Facebook page. So our Facebook page is www.facebook.com forward slash early childhood perspectives. Just an encouragement uh, for next time. Feel free if you're part of our community to answer, to jump on that. Um, I come at this podcast more as a critical reflection for myself and my practice. And I really want to hear from you guys. They were awesome. Those questions were amazing. So I'm going to rip into it. The first one is what motivates someone to work in the industry? And secondly, what motivates them to keep working in the industry? I I feel like I can only really talk from my personal perspective. Um... What motivates me to work in this industry is this sense of meaningful contribution. So my journey was I went to visual arts. I was looking to become a uh, go into film. And I just felt that what I was doing wasn't meaningful. I felt when I did early childhood, um, I fell into it purely by accident. But I felt that I was making a meaningful contribution. What keeps them working in the industry that's really difficult because I that's kind of something I'm going through at the moment. I, it's not that I'm drifting away from the industry, but it's just thinking in terms of my future, um, what's the next step? As Lana and I look to have a family, um, the pay is becoming a real issue for me. Um, it's quite low. And I think that's going to be a very, very, very long journey to push up the pay. And I know this isn't... This isn't the thing, you know, for a lot of people, what's keeping them there is their passion. And I agree, my passion, I am passionate for this, but what's motivating me to keep working in the industry at the moment is just that passion and that sense of meaningfulness. But if it doesn't get to a point where that wage increases to the point where I feel like I can properly support my family, um, that's going to be a big issue. That's going to be something that I'm really going to have to face and that I am kind of facing at the moment so that was a really good question and a really tough question so I think it is a personal thing it's up to you and it's up to you to really kind of answer that for yourself but I feel like as an industry and I know I'm not meant to say industry but I feel like as an industry there's a lot we need to kind of focus on and big thing is pay otherwise we're going to lose a lot of really good people and I feel like that's kind of happening with my university cohort Um, a lot of people can go into a different role and get paid significantly more. Uh, the next question was talking about intrinsic versus intrinsic reward system in early childhood. That was a crazy question. That was awesome. I had to look that up. I've never heard of that. I've heard of intrinsic play, but um, oh my goodness, that was a tough one. That was awesome to look into and to really tackle. For me, a big influence for me has been there's a book called Creating Effective Learning Environments and that really helps and it's by I Crofer. I'll put it in the Facebook page, the link itself. But 
that made a big thing about intrinsic rewards system, kind of really emphasizing that we actually want children to be intrinsically motivated through their play. Um, and when children are intrinsically motivated, it actually makes for deeper exploration, deeper focus, deeper involvement. Um, I could see why an intrinsic rewards, a reward system is better. It's better because it comes from the child and encourages themselves to push themselves in their task. Um, I remember another book that was comprised of teaching strategies, I believe it was by McNaughton, and that book made the distinction between praise and encouragement. Praise is kind of like a superficial, like, and I do this all the time. I don't mean to. I just, I'm very much something called a words of affirmation person. I like to just speak praises. When I feel good about something, it just comes out naturally. And I do it a lot in my classroom. I just praise them, but it's meaningless because it's not intentional. So it's like, oh, you guys are such wonderful children and I love you and da 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 da. That's beautiful. I've said that, but it's not intentional. And it's kind of building more to that intrinsic um, support, intrinsic like, oh, you've done something for me. I'm going to praise that. While when we encourage children, we're actually building their intrinsic motivation. We're actually scaffolding, scaffolding, sorry, scaffolding and encouraging them to push themselves along and to really encourage themselves to reflect, as it says in the early um any, you know, as it says in the early years learning framework, um, we want children to be reflective. I believe that's outcome for children are confident and involved learners. And there's a thing about reflexology. And when we encourage children, we're, we're actually furthering that um, reflexology, making them think internally and pushing themselves internally, encouraging them to actually further themselves rather than relying on me to further them. Next question, how do we advocate children's rights? I think I'm going to tackle this topic in another podcast. I'll briefly touch on this here. But again, this is another thing I've been really thinking about. Um, and the rationale is um, I've been talking a lot lately about having a family. And the rationale, I can say it now, is I'm expecting my first child, but and which is awesome, really exciting, as I feel very blessed. But this weird thing has happened where it's really kind of shaped my perceptions of parenthood and working with families um, in terms of what are parent rights, what are children rights, um, and all that sort of business. The question was more about um, photos on Facebook and about permission and taking photos. That was an awesome question. I feel like that's a really complex one. Um, putting photos on Facebook, I have always had... Again, I've got to be mindful I'm not a parent yet. Um, so I'm happy for someone to disagree with me. I, I have a big thing about not putting children's photos on Facebook. I know there's some places that do um, their learning stories on Facebook. I'm assuming you guys have worked out of privacy nook and crannies and all that business um, because, yeah, I just, I'm scared of Facebook for that reason because I feel it does impede on children's privacy. Um, in terms of taking photos, I'd love to say that I go to my children, oh, can I take a photo? But the reality is with the stresses and with the demands of our job, we sometimes just need to take a photo. And I know it takes away from children and it's really horrible, but in the real world, sometimes we just need to take photos. However, I worked at a place for my prac that had built this culture of asking children um, for their consent and for their permission. And it was a really beautiful thing to see. So if we build that framework of permission and consent within our um, 
culture, as an atmosphere, as a classroom, awesome. But it is a long road, and I think in the real world, sometimes we just need to take photos. Um, finally, another question was in relation to kind of um, basically, not conflicts, but, you know, working with others and colleagues and everything else. Um, this is a big issue for me. I'm not confrontational at all, so I really, 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 really struggle um, with this. I have done another podcast looking at coping with different pedagogies in the classroom. I do recommend that to you. Um, but my kind of big thing, how I tackle this, is just be upfront with people. Um, just say your perspective in a kind and respectful way. People are horrible. Like, I'm not going to pretend I've had to deal with some horrible people who have acted really vindictively. Um, but in the end, it shouldn't discourage you from being an educator. It shouldn't discourage you from doing what you want to do. Um, that's way too airy-fairy. What I mean is this. People are going to be really horrible. And when we're stressed and when we're grumpy or they are their own baggage, we're going to say really mean, mean things. Um but what we can do is just be respectful and have our opinion. And if we're continually facing conflict, I think it's something that you need to say to your assistant director or director, and you need to do it in a way that's serious. If you say a loose, I have this all the time, people will whinge to me all the time. I get why they do it, but I don't know how to respond. If you sat me down and go, I'm really having an issue with this, I know how to respond, okay, because I can't emotionally read people. But if you do that action for me or if you even say this is serious, I know instantly you want this problem fixed and you want a solution right now. But if you just approach me as I'm walking to do a million other things, sorry, this sounds like a rant. It isn't. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is um, I think you need to make this distinction between you are having a serious disagreement because unfortunately childcare Sorry, early education has this culture of kind of, you know, complaining and gossiping. But if you outline to your assistant director and director that this is serious, they need to do something that provokes a response that fixes that problem. Um, if they're not doing something about it, you need to take that issue further. If you've put it out there and made it that this is a serious thing for you, then you need to take it further. Um I work for a quite an extensive long daycare service. I can only draw from my experience. We have a HR, we have an operations, operational manager, all that business. If you don't have that, guys, I have no suggestions. And maybe that's something, you know, for others to kind of comment on and to put their feedback on, um, to really suggest ideas in that situation. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope this was beneficial and see you in a fortnight's time.